We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith podcast, Newcastle 2, West Ham 2. A mediocre match there against two mediocre sides. I am sleepy. You can probably hear it in my voice from watching that. Uh, I'm Charlotte Robson. I'm joined by Norman Riley and two very special guests today. We've got someone you'll all know who has produced several retro Newcastle United podcasts for True Faith, the As It Was, When It Was series. So a warm welcome to Mark Corby. And very excited to have with us an iconic ex-Newcastle United football player from the entertainers era. We've got Keith Gillespie as well. So thank you both, and Norman, of course, (laughs) for joining us today. Um, Right, Uh, so it's 2-2 at St. James's Park today against West Ham. Um, We'll get straight into it. We're going to discuss a little bit about the ways to look at this result in in the context of our other results we're going to um we're going to talk about our form um and and when we put pressure on our opponents and we're going to talk about uh, our attacking threat and who and why we have different players scoring so I'll come to you Keith first um there's two ways to look at today's result I think um either it's six unbeaten in the league, keeping a wonderful run of form. Um, or it's actually just one home win in four games against Burnley, Sheffield United, Villa, and now West Ham. Keith, how do you see it? How do you um, how do you look at today's results, and how do you react to to a performance like that? I, I think uh, you know I'd rather take the, the positive to it. You know, six unbeaten. Um, you know, it's it's a game. Probably six months ago, I would have said that they probably would have lost, considering going one one nil down and two one down. Um, coming back at, to get to two two, I thought you know there's a chance maybe we could go on and win the game, but I, th- I think probably West Ham looked looked, looked the more likely. Um, once it went two two, um, it was plenty of sort of hard work and endeavour at times, lacking in a little bit of quality, uh, but. You know, it's another it's another unbeaten. It's another point in the board. You know, we want to finish as high up the league as possible. I know the other day when we spoke, we sort of, you know, talked about Europe. Uh, it was very outside chance. You know, I think uh, with Arsenal winning yesterday and, and Sheffield United getting another point today, you know, we're probably looking maybe hopefully to try and finish in that top ten. Which, given how you know there was so much doom and gloom at the start of the season, you know, I think most Newcastle fans would be relatively happy. 
um, you know, finishing in that top 10. Yeah, I, I certainly would be happy with a top 10 finish. I was um, I was hoping for that. We did. So Keith referenced there is is um, Keith was on our pro view um, preview show um, before the, the game today. And uh, and we did our usual patron um, preview as well, which I did. And uh, and we talked about a top ten finish, and well, we we also got a little bit excited by, are, are we looking to Europe? Should I renew my passport? But um, I think I think after a performance like today, um, sort of brings home the reality. It's it's you know it's it's picking up points here and there, and and hopefully with a top ten finish. But I think uh, I think probably it was a little bit overexcited to. Um, to be looking to European places. Norman, um, how do you see it? Do you look at it positively or do you look at it as the we've actually only won one game at home in the last four? I think the home advantage situation doesn't really exist anymore. Um, you know, given the circumstances that we're playing and you don't have the crowd there, it's a it's a completely unique situation. So I'm not I'm not really looking at it as, as you know negatively as one winning four. I mean I I'm trying to look at the positives. That's the last eleven league games. I think that's. Um, I think there's only been two defeats in eleven league games, which you know on paper is really good. Um, today, other positives, uh, as Keith mentions, we go a goal down twice. We come back. The there was an urgency there. I mean, the, you could look at it as a negative and say we only kind of really showed urgency when we went a goal behind both times. But the fact is that the the kind of collective team spirit and self belief was there. Um, there's obviously. There were performances on the pitch that you know made me think that the players are genuinely quite pleased at the moment, um, and I, and I think what it also made me think was you know the, the as fans we do get excited when there's a kind of you know a little bit of a, a light at the, the end of the tunnel or there's a there's a chance of doing something. But I, I suppose the players and Keith might be able to comment more on this than than me. Um, the players might have a kind of more realistic handle on it. You know, th- those players in that squad, whilst we as fans might be talking about possibility of Europe because there's a push there. Um, I don't think deep down many of us believe it, but, you know, the, the talk's there. And um, Whereas the players themselves, I guess, are they kind of more realistic and, and probably looking at the table thinking, well, job's done and, and on and on sort of sub some subconscious level, is there just a, a little bit of switch off and almost they had to kind of be smacked into life by going a goal down a couple of times? I don't know, Keith, is there, is there any, any logic in what I've just said there? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. You know, we're obviously um, safe from relegation. You know, there can be a little bit of complacency comes into things. But, but I think with, with somebody like Steve Bruce, he, you know, he's going to want to finish the season with a real flourish. Um, you know, you, you can say, as, as you said, sort of four games at, at home and just that sort of one victory against um, Sheffield United. But I think you're totally right with, with what we're dealing with um, now with, with no fans. There, There is... Pretty much no real home advantage anymore, um, you know, because I, I I know how much the fan when I played the fans how much the fans meant to us in terms of the the, the way they got behind the team um, and maybe maybe today with, with them going a goal down you, you know sometimes it, it can be a difficult place in James is when you when you're the home team and, and you do go a goal down and and you know you, fair play to the players today and in, in, in terms of the they got that back straight away. Um, you know, both times relatively quite quickly, um, but yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's still another point. You know, we've got to take the, the positive from that. Um, you know, West Ham are a side that are, are are fighting for their lives, so we knew it was going to be difficult. They're coming off a, you know, a, a good result against Chelsea, um, and 
Uh, I, I spoke about it the other day when I said probably Antonio was was the man to watch for them, and uh, you know he popped up really early today with a goal. But as I say, it's um, it's it's very it's, it's very good that you know the way that the the character that they showed um, with coming back with uh, with an equaliser on both occasions. You have a lovely positive um, outlook on it. Keith. It's very refreshing. I think the um, the podcasters within the True Faith group are, are a bit more cynical than you, so it's it's very nice to hear. Yeah, I, I, um, Mark, I, I, I'll come to you. Sorry, I know I know, exa- I know exactly. You know, we we want to be positive in terms of you know we're speaking about Europe the other day, but you know the players are probably are a little bit more realistic. You know, we we like the sort of sometimes get a little bit ahead of ourselves when, when, when results are going well and you start looking up that table. But, you know, as I say, I think we'd, we'd, we'd settle at the start of the season for a top 10 finish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a, a lot of the sort of Steve Bruce naysayers, of which I was definitely one, would um, would be would be so surprised to see a top 10 finish. Um, Mark, it's your turn. Um how do you how do you react? I'm going to ask you specifically about the performance today in in quite general terms, but feel free yep. to, to to dive in if you want to on any specific performances. Um, how do you feel about it? Do you feel how do you react to it? Well, well, just mm-hmm. just just to follow up on what 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 you've said so far. I mean, I'm disappointed it was a point against a team battling for survival, but we did touch on this on. Uh, on the on the pro view that West Ham will be battling for their lives and they would look at this fixture as a potential win. So um, Keith made a great point on Friday actually when he said um, Newcastle have got some good players and we've done well. We've we've done better than anyone expected us to do under Steve Bruce, but we're we're lacking that quality. And Keith made that point on Friday, just that end product. And today, I, I just felt you know you, you can't knock the, the the togetherness and the team spirit, but at times they were just knocking that um, lacking that that quality. And at times I was looking at the West Ham players and them seem to pass it quicker, move quicker, show for space quicker. And a couple of their players, like Keith Alutu there, Antonio, he called it on Friday. He says he's the one to watch. And I looked at our team, our forward line, I thought that, that player on our team could have been the difference between a win and a draw. Um, but quickly on, on the Europe, or European point, um, you've mentioned day one, win in four. If, if you look at the bigger picture over the whole course of the season, you know we've only picked up a point at home to... Um, five out of the six teams below us. Now, you know, we beat Bournemouth, we obviously drew against Norwich, Brighton, Watford, and then obviously Villa and West Ham recently. The additional 10 points, we'd now be sitting in sixth place. You know, when you look at the fine margins, you know, and that, that would just, that would have far exceeded everything. And, you know, let's be honest, yeah, a lot of people would be uh, looking at, you know, crowning Steve Bruce's uh, manager of the season. You know, it's so overall, a disappointing performance. I, I think a lot of players didn't really get going. Um, without wanting to, you know, call anyone out, I, I thought Saint Maxim didn't really look on the ball today. Uh, but then again, who, who was who would he, who was making himself available to, uh, for that end product? As I, as I mentioned before, I think Lascelles looked a little bit out of sorts today. Um, but overall, I just don't think we really got going. I, it's something that I, that I think a few of us picked up on um, during the game, and it's something I definitely want to put to Keith, given that he's a, you know, he's a, he's a winger. Um, Manky, you playing at left back, and Danny Rose on the bench, I found really interesting. I don't know if there's a, you know, Rose is carrying a niggle, or Bruce for some reason wants to just wants to give him a kind of a, a rest and a game off. But he played Manky at left back, and now Manky is he's a right he's a right footed player, he's a right back, and when he first came to Newcastle. 
um, due to injuries. Uh, Rafa had to play him at left back, and he got quite a lot of pelters. Um, he, he wasn't performing particularly well, and you know, as soon as he moves to right back, you start to see his confidence building. You see the kind of player that he is. Now that West Ham first goal, yes, we can point the finger at Lascelles because obviously, you know, he's the one who completely and utterly misreads the situation and, and kind of is almost statuesque when the ball comes across the box. Um, but if you look at the ball down the side, the kind of right hand side from four nails and the way that Bowen takes it on, to me it just looked like a, a person playing on the wrong side of the pitch, a fullback playing on the wrong side of the pitch. He got caught flat footed, and really for the whole of the first half, it was it was quite obvious that this was a a player on the wrong on the wrong side and. Keith, I was just going to ask you, mate. Um, back in your day, when you when you know that you'll come up against a fullback who isn't who isn't playing on the more comfortable feet, is, is that something that you would just say straight away think I can exploit this? Oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I mean, maybe maybe Danny Rose is carrying a knock. Maybe he just wasn't one hundred percent fit, and and Mankio was 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 just obviously filling in there. Although it's not his preferred position, but certainly if um, if you know that. Um, the guy you're up against, you know, isn't naturally left-footed. Um, it's something that you will try and try and exploit, and I'm sure that's something that um, that West Ham maybe spoke about before the game. Um, he hasn't sort of, you know, had had a, had a great time at Newcastle, Mankio. He's not been a been a regular. Um, maybe he's a little bit, you know, not not up to match fitness yet. But it is something that. You know, West Ham really, really exploded very well for that first goal. Um, you know, he's Danny Rose. We know how we know how good a player Danny Rose is. You know, he's obviously capped for England and, and a good career at uh, at Spurs. So, you know, I think if 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 Steve Bruce is picking his, his favorite eleven, Danny Rose is always going to be in there at the minute. So, for me, I know Steve Bruce is going to pick up, want to pick up as many points as possible. And so for me, there there had to be some sort of injury concern with Danny Rose, and obviously with with players, you know, still they're still pretty much getting up to match fitness. I know you sort of played three or four games, and you know you can be training all you want in that period where we're in lockdown. But you know, see, getting up to that match fitness, it does take you know a few games to to, to get up there. Um, and you know, some of the players maybe struggled a little bit today because I thought at, at times the. You know, West Ham sort of controlled the game a lot for me, um, and you know that's not what you want to see. You, you normally wouldn't see that from a from a home team, but as we say, probably the, the advantage of home football at the minute goes out the window. Yeah, I think from my perspective, um, West Ham controlled the game. West Ham looked hungrier for a win, um, certainly in the last sort of um, ten minutes. There, they were sort of dominating the game, desperate to to get that three points um so we've touched on this I'm gonna move into um into us putting pressure on sides or not as the case may be um Mark I will ask you the next question Mm -hmm. so prepare um (laughs) (laughs) it's um so I, I wonder if it's fair to say that a lot of the time especially at home, although we've kind of saying, you know, I think we're all kind of in agreement that the home advantage is uh, is negated by the fact that these are played behind closed doors. Um, is it fair to say we only put pressure on sides when we're behind? So, I mean, today was case in point for that, um, if, if, if that is that is your feel. Um, we had two instant reactions and, and really I didn't see many chances apart from that 
in the rest of the game at all. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's fair? And then, and then, if so, do you think that that's just part of us being safe now because we're we're not in the relegation battle, um, or is there a bigger issue? No, I, I don't think there is. I, I think you know we're, we've agreed collectively as a fan base. I think that we, we seem to have playing with a lot more freedom since we've come back. Uh, obviously, apart from the Man City game, which, uh, for whatever reason, you reverted back to three at the back and the two wing-backs, and, and obviously that didn't work. Um, when, when a personal opinion, we should have just went for it. We've got beat 6 at least, at least we went for it, you know. Um, but but looking at looking at the, the, the stats since we've got back, you know, we've scored 10 goals and we've only conceded three. We've only fell behind um, in a game today. That's the first game. So, looking from that point of view, I, I, as I alluded to on Friday, I knew West Ham would be hungry for this. They're on the back of a fantastic win against Chelsea. Um, and in, on paper, some of their players are better than ours. It goes without saying. Um, you know, and I, I, just, I just feel collectively we just weren't on the boil today. And I, I don't think there's a, there's a bigger sort of... Issue that we should be looking at. I just think I just think the day that a lot of players just weren't on the ball. Um, as I said before, Saint Maximum was nowhere near the capability in the stand that he played on uh, in the last couple of games, and um, it's it it's a, I think that's why we're a little bit disappointed because you know if we had have built on the the, the recent uh, you know fantastic performance at Bournemouth, it, you know it, the confidence would have raised even more. But even though we've picked up a point, and yes. It's, it's 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 another point on the board. I just think overall it's 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 a disappointing result. Um, but you know you've got to give them credit for for coming back twice, and especially the second time within ninety seconds. Um, even though at first I thought uh, Gale was offside until the, the the final replay confirmed the fullback had kept them on. But um, I, ho- hopefully it was just a bad day at the office. But I, I say that and we've picked up a point. Yeah, I mean, a bad day at the office is... Uh, I, I'd take those bad days at the office if it meant we were always going to be picking something up. Exactly. Keith, do you think there's anything... Um, do you think there's anything to be said for an issue with how we're setting up? I think, um, just quickly, I've asked you a question and then I'm going to answer it myself. <laughs> I um, I think um, on the ASM point, we talked about playing him. He's in his prime. He's going from strength to strength. He's, you know, He just gets better and better every game he plays. I said I wouldn't have played him this weekend because we're safe and because he has to be so, so, so tired by now. Like, if you look at the energy that ASM exerts in every single game, like, it isn't sustainable. He's not Superman. He's brilliant, but he's not Superman. Um, Keith, do you have any sort of thoughts on that? Do you think that it's just the exhaustion at this point, maybe? Yeah, I would totally agree with you. Um, You know, since... Since we've come back and restarted with the football, um, you know he's been the real standout performer. Um, you know, we spoke about it the other day how much, how positive he is. Um, he's such a powerful runner of the ball, and he's just a bag of tricks as well. Um, so maybe he, you know, was feeling a little bit lethargic today. Um, a lot of football in a short space of time. Um, he's a, he's such an important player to Newcastle, and you sort of see when he's not on the pitch, you know. The less of a threat there actually is. Um, I think we even spoke the other day about um, Joe Linton, and you know, for me, I, I, I'd probably think he's actually better on that sort of left-hand side where he plays. Um, he's he's full of hard work and uh, an effort, but 
you sort of just know that when he's playing up front, sort of in that central role, that he just doesn't get into the right positions for me. Um, you know, where yeah. natural goal scorers, you know, just automatically do that. Um, so maybe that's that, um, the way we played today was was a lot better. But I mean, going back to to the the performance, you know, we um, where you mentioned about the Man City, um, you know, we, we set up with three at the back. But for for me, you know, we know how good Man City are, but it nearly paid off because if Dwight if Dwight Gale puts that chance away, you know, we're we're one each, and and it's a different game. So you know, Steve Steve Bruce knows that. Um, when you're playing against a quality side, that there is going to be times where he's going to have to to change the formation, and I'm sure it's something that they work on in training um, very much so that that they can adapt to dif- these different formations. And as as footballers, you should be able to adapt to it. The Julian one's interesting because obviously you mentioned him playing on the left hand side there, and the reality is, if you look at when he broke through Hoffenheim, yes, he had a he had a season on loan, I think, in Rapid Vienna, where he scored mm-hmm. quite a lot of goals in the Austrian Premier League. Um, but he went back in, uh, into the, the Bundesliga after that season away. And Nagelsmann, who obviously is one of, you know, he's, he's one of the most highly rated young managers in Europe, um, he played him on the left-hand side of front three. And I think Joel Linton performed quite well in that position. Um, so he probably is something in the fact, and I think we've said it a few times this season, that he may well be better out wide, um, as, as he's certainly not, in my opinion, the centre-forward. And I think we saw it again today where, you know, there were times where we were attacking and you couldn't you couldn't see him on the screen. And I think that that happened against Bournemouth as well. It's it's something that obviously needs quite a lot of work. Um, but you know, again, and this is kind of going back to what Mark was saying. I think I am disappointed that we didn't win today. But then the thing is, this has been recorded only a couple of hours after after the match is finished. And I guess what I will do, I look at it in kind of in context and think, well, you know, we haven't performed great, but we haven't lost. Um, would have taken, you know, four points from the Bournemouth and West Ham games before the, the both took place. Yes, you know that that's a, that's a good return. Um, the the fact that the team scoring goals is is something positive. Um, having Gale in the side and having an actual centre forward, you know, regardless of what we might say about Gale not being necessarily a Premier League goal scorer, it's clearly making a difference to the shape of the side and and how good we are as an attacking unit. So there were positives, and you know, I, I've been a, a Bruce Nesia from day one and, I, and I'll still take a lot of convincing from a fan's point of view um, that he is the man to take us forward but today today's game look we're a side that's got enough points on the board not to get relegated which ultimately was the overall ambition of, of Mike Ashley um, it's a, an end of season affair for the team really so there is the danger that they, they could switch off there isn't anything to play for in the sense that you know Europe is unrealistic so to get a 2 draw against a side scrapping down at the bottom isn't actually that bad, you know. It, it, it's it's nothing to be overly concerned with. Um, you know, the the things that I would complain about today, other than the kind of low energy, um, which as I say might be expected. Other other substitutions, I, I would like to have seen substitutions earlier. I would like to have seen Lazaro come on for Joe Linton basically at half time, um, and I think bringing Matt Ritchie on as well for um, for Dwight Gale. I think I, I I couldn't see the logic in that because Ritchie coming off the bench, he's not a necessarily quick player who's going to skin people, so I don't think. He would really be that impactful as a substitute, whereas whereas Gale, he's the man who gives us, he gives the side its attacking shape. So I was kind of annoyed about the substitutions, but you know that's it is what it is, and, and I still I can't get too kind of disheartened by by what I saw today, even though it might have been a, a kind of yeah very much an end of season performance in many ways. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, isn't it? Like w- w- there is sort of a 
a nice sort of safe feeling you can't get too upset and and you can we can kind of we don't we're not looking over our shoulders we can kind of be looking forward with this and 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 you can sort of focus a bit more on the positives even if it takes a little while to to look at them the Joel Linton point's so interesting like I, I feel like dissertations will be written on on why he cost what he cost <laughs> and then why he was played as a center forward or tried to for so long um I think Chris Waft from The Athletic tweeted during the game that he'd had some lovely moments and I just think yeah you know the, the bar is so low <laughs> for this guy at this point like um, it, you know, it's it's true he had a couple of nice touches, but a, a forty million pound centre forward playing out wide, having a couple of nice touches, isn't good enough. And and I appreciate Keith. You said you know he's come you know from a foreign country. He's he's young. He's on his own and all of that stuff. But in my opinion, and I'm probably being really harsh here because I can't play football. Um, I just think he's had long enough. Um and and it's just he just doesn't really fit into that into that role. Mark, what how do you feel about him? Well, I, it's funny because Keith mentioned before about um, you know him not getting in the box, and there was a, a, a great example it was around about seventy five minutes when uh, Shelby and Kraft worked a good one too down the right hand side. Mm. Shelby put a fantastic ball in the in the in the into the box, beat the defence, beat the beat the keeper. It was crying out for Andy Carroll to come in at the back post, Bulletera. And when you looked at the in the commentator, I just said straight away, "Oh, great ball, but there's no one there." And the, a minute earlier, they had said that Carroll was going to be coming on, and I just thought that that it was written in the stars, you know, for Carroll to come on, Bulletera back post, and and Carroll would have busted got to get, get there, and Keith Stay, Shearer, Les Ferdinand, etc. Um, would have busted got to get there. It's it, it's obvious that Joe Linton is not a centre forward. It's as simple as that. And, and we we mentioned the other day, and, and uh, Keith read, read our minds. We were discussing a comparison with John Dahl Thomason, and it's even getting to the point now where I think that was that was probably too nice. Um, you know, you know the, the, the comparisons because I, I cannot see Joe Linton. You know, because the, the only way is down for me leaving Newcastle for, for that for that lad. And I really can't. I'd, ask me again in ten years, I could be totally wrong, but I can't see his career going like John Dal Thomason's did. Um, because I, I just, I agree with you, Charlotte. I, I don't see anything from him that suggests that he brings anything to this football side, and it's it's unfortunate. But I think if it's in the on the head, he's had long enough now. Um, in in the terms of in the in the case of John Dal Thomason, he he was probably dropped, you know, into the new year. Kenny Dalglish had seen enough. And that was it. Yeah. Fair enough, you replaced him with uh, Andreas Anderson. Keith, you'll remember that fellow well. But um, but but yeah, I, I just it's it's unfortunate because I hate scapegoats. I, I I've never liked um, you know having scapegoats in the side. I'm not blaming the lad. Um, he's getting played out of position. But again, like what was said on Friday, what is his position? We don't know. It's yeah, it's a good point. Um, Norman, did you want to jump in? Oh, yeah, I did. I mean, I could uh, I could say something about Joe Linton, but I'd just take a more precious minutes, wouldn't I? Um, I I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say quickly. I'm not prepared to write him off because I think that the 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 kind of player that he is, how young he is, the kind of system that he's been brought up in. I think I think he needs a, a kind of manager who is very very meticulous and kind of monitors every single thing. Um, you had that with Nagelsmann and Hoffenheim. Um, I'm thinking the kind of managers like Benitez, like Guardiola, like Pochettino. These these managers who manage every single aspect of a player, whereas I think Bruce is a little bit more old school, a bit more hands off, and maybe that's 
that's not allowing Joe Linton to fulfil the, the potential that he might have. But I'll park that for now. Um, it's Shelby. I'd, lo- I'd love to know um, Keith's thoughts on John Joe Shelby. Um, I think he's a, he's a player who's obviously, throughout his career, really has suffered from inconsistency, injury, people seeing that his head's not in the right place. But when he's good, he, he's very good. And I thought he was excellent today. I thought he's running was superb. It seemed to me like every time the ball was with a Newcastle shirt, Shelby was in the frame somewhere. Obviously, he scored a great goal. He's had a good goals record this season. He's he's kind of become an integral part of, to Steve Bruce's side, and and I think he's he's one of those players who I always think just hasn't quite fulfilled the potential he's gotten, and he's not getting any younger. And I just I just love to know what what Keith makes of Shelby, and if he's the kind of player that if he was in the team with him, he's one that would be really appreciated. Yeah, um, well, John Joe Shelby. Actually, I was uh, when I was at Sheffield United, I went on loan to Charlton many years ago, and John Joe Shelby was a sixteen-year-old then. And, uh, you know, trained regularly with the first team. I was only there for a month. Um, so I was able to see John Joe Shelby at close hand really early on in his career. And he was the talk of, the, of you know, when I was speaking to the likes of players like Matt Holland, who, who told me that this this guy was something special. And, you know, he, he obviously went to, to Liverpool and, you know, it didn't really work out for him there. Um, he, did, he did okay at Swansea, I think. I think his range of passing at times is, is is phenomenal, and as I said, it's something that I did see at a, at a young age. I think he is a very important. He's a, he's a player that you need to get on the ball. He sees things. Um, he wants to play forward, and he's and he's added a few goals now. Um, his, his finish was 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 a really good finish today. Um, but I think I think he's a player that he's a sort of player that you could build a team around because of. You know, when you get some a player like that who is is so good on the ball in centre midfield, he gets about the pitch as well. You know, you want him on the ball as much as possible, um, and I think he has become a very important player for Newcastle this season. I think the um, the point about, um, or maybe the the reservation around um, building a team around someone like John Joe Shelby, it's really interesting that you knew him at sixteen. I hadn't realised that, Keith. That's such a that's <laughs> that's very interesting, um, but. Um, and that he was earmarked at that young age. I mean, you can obviously see talent when you can see talent, and that's just very cool that you were there. Um, but I think my problem with him um, would be that he, his that he's slightly inconsistent. So yeah. I would find it hard to build a squad around him because you know, um, from game to game, you don't see the same. It's not cons- it's not consistently brilliant performances or consistently like sort of. You know, workhorse performances. It's it 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 can it can uh, it can really vary. Um, I don't know if you agree or disagree with yeah. that. I mean, if you look at it, you know, he's been about for so long, but he's still only twenty eight years of age, and should be, you know, sort of say that people players come into their prime at that age. Um, you know, the consistency thing is 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 a big problem. Uh, but I think if um, if you can sort that out, he. You know, he's, he's in terms of what he offer, offers you from midfield. You know, there's nobody else in that centre midfield who can who can uh, pass the ball like him, has the range of passing like him. Um, you yeah, know, it's we, true. We we, we 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 know that now he's sort of chipping in with goals as well. Um, you know, I, th- I think he needs he needs to work on consistency. I'm sure it's something that that he's probably aware of. But you know, we know. I mean, I certainly know how. How good a player he is! I haven't seen him at, at close hand at, at the age of sixteen, and he was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I mean, that's why Liverpool went out and, and paid the money they did for him because he was he was pretty much an unknown. Uh, but people obviously um, 
you know, realise what a special talent he was and maybe just hasn't gone on to, to fulfil that. But as I say, he still is only 28 um, and, and got quite a few years left in him. So hopefully that is going to be at Newcastle and hopefully with, uh, you know, more consistency, he can become, become, uh, he can become a, a, you know, a much better player. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, I uh, It is nice having uh, somebody that can score goals, even if they're not actually supposed to be a centre-forward. Norman? <laughs> I was just going to say quickly, I think on, on Shelby's inconsistency, I mean, obviously, yes, you know, we know that he can't be inconsistent, but I suppose what I would say in his defence is, is that he spent most of his career at fairly mediocre teams. Um, you know, he went to Liverpool, but it didn't, it didn't quite work out there. Um, you know, and... In Newcastle in the Championship, he was absolutely phenomenal. He was the best player in the league by you know by a, a mile, really. Um, and that's because Newcastle in the Championship were the best side. So I suppose he has you know he was at Swansea, aside that okay finish mid table, but pretty much was you know in the lower echelons of the league when he was there. Same thing in Newcastle. So there is there is that in his defence. And, and I will say that the end of the 2018 season, um, before the 2018 World Cup. He was just an outrageous form, and he probably should have gone to the 2018 World Cup. And if that had happened, then then who knows? You know, where his career may have gone the last two years. But that's a big what if, isn't it? I don't know, Mark. What do you reckon? I, just just to quickly uh, summarise on Shelby, I, I remember his debut. I think it was West Ham, where um, he had he played a part in two uh, two goals, and I think we won two one under uh, Steve McLaren. And straight away we thought, wow, we've got a player here. And I, I just think it's a little bit like the the, the Sissoko uh, situation when we had him. He started off brilliantly. And I think the expectations were set from day one. And for me, when you look, he's been at the club now over four years. Ha, has he improved? Possibly not. And when you look at the, the quality of the managers, you know, he's had Rafael Benitez. He's obviously had a, a, a experienced manager in Steve Bruce. Um, unfortunately, he had Steve McLaren, um, you know, when... Steve McLaren was out of his depth at Newcastle, let's be honest. But he hasn't improved. But but going back to what Keith was saying before, to, to, to praise him, you know, because I always try and have it a little bit balanced, I think Shelby would have been a perfect uh, midfielder for Keith because Keith won't, uh, I don't think Keith would be upset at me saying this. Keith's main asset was his pace. And Shelby pinging the balls down, down to the wings, you know, Keith, on, Keith bombing down on the right hand side, back of the net, Les Ferdinand. Would Shelby have been out of place in that entertainer side? Possibly not. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you, one thing as a winger, when 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 the um, the centre midfielder picks the ball up and he's on that half turn, and you just know he's maybe going to hit one of these diagonals. And sometimes with you know you play at clubs and you want to get the ball as quickly as possible. With Shelby, he wants to just hit that big diagonal. Some other players would maybe pass it out to the fullback, and then the fullback would play it to the winger. But by the end. You know the space is gone. You know you want to get that as quick as possible, and that's something that Shelby has in his locker. We know, we know when he strikes a ball. You know he's very, very accurate with it. Um, you know, so yeah, he, he certainly would have uh, fitted in nicely in that uh, that team back in the nineties. Um, Norman, did you want to add something there? I'm going to drag us back to the game that we've all just watched as well. Please, please do, please do. It, it wasn't on Shelby, actually. It was, it was to do with another player who played today, and I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. But um, please go ahead and ask a different question. I was just about to, uh, you know, I suppose. Whose praises were you going to sing? I was, go I was going to fall. I was going to fall into some sort of uh, rapture, you know, like at a kind of evangelical church in the south of the state when you, <laughs> when you start talking <laughs> tongues and that. Um, but. Um, it's uh, it's it's Miggy Almiron. I thought he was absolutely superb today. Um, in terms of 
you know, he's run for the goal. By the way, the goal, the goal was a, a beautifully worked goal. There's no two ways about yeah. it. Um, yeah. You know, just, just, just lovely. Uh, the, the, the movement, you know, Gail, Almiron, Maximan, very, very effective, and just a lovely little finish and, and run by Almiron. Um, it was like a centre forwards room, wasn't it? Basically, um, well, he, he was, he was just <laughs> excellent. I think, I think he had, he was playing. He had that kind of he was smiling all game, and you know, like when Almiron's smiling, I know he smiles a lot, but when he's got that kind of smile and that joy in his game, he just, um, he, you can just tell he's up for it. And I thought his his movement was good. I thought he was, he was taking players on. Um, he was buzzing round, and it was just, it was just really good to see because um, I, I do think that Almiron's a top-class player. I think the only thing that really hammers Almiron is the fact that he's so incredibly left-footed. But um, I thought today he was he was really good. Well, I uh, I don't disagree. I, I texted Alex actually at one point because um, I think he had a chance and he missed. And he, he just, camera was on him and he was just grinning away even though he'd, he'd missed his go. I was just like, oh, just so canny. Um, <laughs> but yes, let's talk about, let's kind of talk about goals. Let's talk about generally speaking we scored twice they were both pretty good goals i mean that that first one was was brilliant and then super quick um to bring us back into the game from shelby um we're picking up points um even with uh, alan san maximan off the pace today a right back at full back and players coming back from injury so mark with all that in mind, how are yeah. you feeling about the rest of the season? We've still got a few games to play. How, how do you feel about it? Well, the way you've just put that there, we're going to win the league now, aren't we? Everyone will get points to dump and we'll win the league. But uh, but no, <laughs> silliness aside, um, valid, valid point. Um, we were talking on Friday um, regarding a winning team. And I was a little bit disappointed that uh, Bentleb was was dropped today to be perfectly honest with you because for me, mm. I'm, I'm old school. You never win, uh, change your winning team as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure Keith will agree to that because he was you know part of a, a very good winning team at the time and and we, we alluded to it on Friday when uh, when he came back in ridiculously Keegan didn't put him back in the side but that's for another pod. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the, the positives. You've got to take the positives from it, um, as, as we've, we've discussed between us. Um, I definitely agree with what Norman said before. Um, a, a winger like Keith would look at uh, a right back playing left back in, in Philly's boots. You know, he, he, he and, and, and unfortunately for Mankito, that was probably his worst game for a long time. And um, it was interesting that all four goals today did come down the well, the left back side, um, not in your traditional winger mode, but. You know, a, the right side of, eventually got the. You know, for the West Ham setting goal, it was the right hand side, uh, skin man kilo, and they got the corner from it, which they scored. And the other three goals all come from the right hand side. You know, um, but yeah, I, look, you've you've got to take the positives collectively um, for the season now. I think you made a point before about Saint Maximum about possibly resting them, and Keith sort of backed you up there. I, I totally disagreed with this um, two days ago. But now I think it could be a time to, you know, give the likes of Bentaleb a good run, uh, see what uh, Lazaro is all about. Because there's no point in getting players on loan if you're not going to give them game time. Are, are the improvements possibly? But at the moment the jury's out, and the only way Newcastle can build, whether that's with Steve Bruce's manager or the takeover and another manager coming in, um, the only way you can improve is by buying better players. You know. Uh, Kevin Keegan was a, a great architect at that. You know, look, look, look at you know he brought in Rob Lee as a right right midfielder. He moved him inside and brought in Rule Fox. 
Then he brought in Keith Gillespie. It was progression every single time. Kevin Keegan won the transfer market. So if Steve Bruce is identifying these players, why aren't they getting game time? So now, for me, now that we're safe and people are getting tired, let's give them game time and see, see what they're all about. Yeah, Keith, do you do you agree? Do you think it's time for our loanies to to uh, to get a good run out and, and show show the uh, buyers what they might what they might want? Yeah, certainly, certainly now that um, we're safe, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite impressed with Lazaro when I've seen him because he, he looks like uh, he's a lot of energy. He looks quick. Um, I thought he I thought he did okay today when he came on, um, but yeah, you know, there there is no point now with. With having these players on loan, if you're not going to give them that game time, you, you know, if you if you're sort of down there struggling for for you know points, you know, you could maybe argue against that. But now that we are safe, you know, we need to see what these players are about. Are they good enough to to remain at the club, um, or, or, or to go out and buy them? Um, you know, so it is something that um, you know we maybe need to look at. Um, but I, I think overall, Steve Bruce will probably analyze the game and think, well. There's plenty that we could have done, you know, better. But I, I said at the very start, I've no doubt six months ago, when you go one nil down or two one down, I don't I don't think we come back uh, like we did uh, because we were probably a, a club that was probably sh- players as well that were um, you know very low in confidence at times. Um, and I think now you can sort of see that they are a lot more confident, and that showed in the character that you know coming back from a goal and and, and obviously two one down as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we look like a totally different side in terms of confidence than we did even at sort of Christmas, January time. Um, Norman, what, how, how are you feeling about the rest of the season? I'm feeling fairly positive in the sense that, look, there's, there's a couple of ways of looking at this, right? So the takeover is still kind of, you know, hanging over everyone's heads. So the takeover is it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. Now, if it happens... Um, Ultimately, you know, there's a high chance that Steve Bruce um, will no longer be manager of the club because they'll want to bring in their own man. Um, if it doesn't happen, then Steve Bruce stays. And, you know, the the fact is that he's, he's kept the club up. It's kind of mission accomplished for him. Either way, for Steve Bruce, it's he's, he's done his job. He's kept the club up and he stays. Or he's kept the club up, he leaves. He hasn't like kind of left under a, under a dark cloud. So now, really, these last um, five games of the season, it's almost, they're almost kind of free hits. And... Yes, I'd love to see the um, loan players get more of a chance. I think Mark's point on Bentley very important. I thought Bentley was was excellent against Bournemouth, and when he came on today, he was good. He he turns the ball over quickly. He's he's well balanced. Uh, he's got neat control, and he's just, he's just a really I think he's a really talented player. Um, Lazaro, I'd like to see him play. I don't think Lazaro is a player who'll come here permanently. I think he very much came from Inter Milan with the European Championships in mind and playing regular football for those for his uh, for his country Austria. So I, I do I do anticipate him going back to Italy. But at the same time it, it's almost like we've got you know we've got nothing to lose. Bruce has nothing to lose between now and then the season. He's 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 done his job and you know it, it's either as I say, either stay on job done or leave job done. Let's let's just kind of have a bit of fun, I suppose. Yeah, it does feel like we've got the freedom to have a little bit more fun now, which is which is sort of nice, sort of the the pressure's off, which uh, it's not a feeling I'm used to as a Newcastle United supporter. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm I'm sort of still getting my head around it. I do feel that we've spoken through the game today, and we've spoken through sort of these positive points, and probably with your influence there, Keith, I feel a little bit more positive about today's performance. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, a point is a point. I'm I'm happy we've got it. Um, 
it wasn't the most inspiring game I've ever watched, but um, but there we are. We're, we're here and uh, we're safe. So that's good news. And with that, I think we will wrap up. I'm sure we could talk for a long, long, long time further. That's a weird way of saying that. Uh, but we'll be back after Man City. We're actually going to, we moved our midweek um, post-match to our Patreon platform as we have the Pro View, which I think, Keith, you are coming back on this week. Yep. Um, and then we'll be back uh, with the next free podcast after the Watford game. So thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.